Miami football has already added 11 players in the transfer portal, but we'll tell you why this one is going to have the biggest impact on the field. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime radio host, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Transfer Portal U. The University of Miami is being called, and we went out to social media to get you guys' thoughts and takes on which of Miami's incoming transfers for the 2022 season is going to have the single biggest impact on the field. Here's what Miami has added so far. Maryland defensive tackle Daryl Jackson, who is gigantic, 6'5", 303 pounds, 86-inch wingspan, Really excited to have this young man aboard. There's a lot of room for development. He was only a true freshman last year. UCLA linebacker Caleb Johnson adds quality to a unit that needs quality badly. West Virginia defensive lineman Akeem Mesador. This guy's ready to compete at the highest level. He's done it for the last couple of years at West Virginia. He's going to do it at the U. Oregon offensive lineman Jonathan Dennis hopefully becomes an important rotational guy. Oregon off uh, UCLA defensive end Mitchell Agude. Defensive ends from UCLA have had a lot of success at Miami the last few years. Just throwing that out there. Jalen Phillips, anyone? West Virginia cornerback Daryl Porter Jr. He joins his former defensive backs coach Jamila Dye, who was at West Virginia a couple of years ago. He's at Miami now. That should be a good reunion. Ole Miss running back Henry Parrish. We saw his impact throughout spring and in the spring game. Henry Parrish is going to feature heavily in Miami's running back rotation, if not even become the starter for that group. It's either going to be him or Jalen Knighton taking the starters reps, but a lot of guys are going to get burned in that backfield. Clemson wide receiver Frank Ladson. Kind of a quiet spring, but I like the experience he adds to that group, and the receivers I think are going to need experience. Oregon offensive lineman Logan Sagapolu. Always nice. We've had a couple of guys reuniting with Cristobal and Mirabal from Oregon. UCLA defensive lineman Jacob Lichtenstein had an excellent spring and really stood out in the spring game, made plays. And UAB defensive lineman Antonio Moultrie. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Moultrie over the last couple of weeks because of just how much other stuff the Hurricanes have added to the defensive line. But Moultrie is a quality player as well. So, um... 11 transfer commits, guys. Miami now has actually risen to the ninth-ranked transfer class in the entire country. Let me go through those rankings here for you. So you take a look nationally. Ole Miss, 14 transfer commits. Lane Kiffin's doing some work up there. Uh, They have the number one transfer class in the country. USC is right there. They've got 14 commits as well. They're ranked number two. LSU at number three. They've got 15 total transfer commits. Oklahoma, 11 transfer commits. They're number four. Alabama, only five commits, but very high-quality players. They're number five. South Carolina, number six. They've got nine commits. UCLA with 11 commits, number seven. Texas is number eight with five quality commits. Your University of Miami Hurricanes 
now with 11 commits, with Daryl Jackson being the most recent, have the ninth-ranked transfer class in the country. Arkansas at 10, Michigan State at 11, Florida State at number 12. And I think it was actually the Jackson commitment that caused Miami to leapfrog ahead of Florida State in the rankings. So that one came down to the wire. I'm not going to bore you going through the whole thing here. But I will remind you that Miami might not be done. Alex Ruiz, son of John Ruiz, did send something out on Twitter a couple of days ago that strongly hinted the Hurricanes could still be going after another transfer-wide receiver. And here's why I say Miami may not be done adding transfers. It's April 28th right now. So we are three days away from the May 1st deadline where players in the portal have got to make up their minds and decide if they don't do it by May 1st, they've got to sit out a year. So a lot of guys have made up their minds already, but there still are a ton of players kind of hanging out in limbo in that portal. If they don't make a decision and commit somewhere by May 1st, they're going to lose a year. So the next few days might end up being crazy. But guys, you know how we like to do this on Thursday episodes. We like to open it up to the people on our social media And we've been growing on Twitter, and I can't thank you guys enough. Our official show account, if you listen to the show and you have a Twitter profile, you should be following us, at LockedOnCanes. We tweet you when every episode comes out. We live tweet events like the spring game that happened. We tweet about the transfer additions, all that good stuff, recruiting. Follow us at LockedOnCanes, and we will follow you back. So I asked you guys, on the Twitter account, we got some good replies. With all the additions that Miami have made to this point, 11 quality players, many of these look good enough to be starters day one, handful of them look to be heavy rotation guys at their position. With all these players that Miami have added, which one of them do you think is going to have the single biggest impact on the field in the 2022 season? Very happy that uh, we were able to connect on Twitter with uh, a great journalist in the community, Brad Tejada from Kane's Insight. He does an awesome job covering Miami. Make sure you follow him. Uh, And he replied, Akeem Mesidor, not only was he potentially West Virginia's best defensive player, but his football IQ and ability to play multiple spots will be an instant impact. He's already gotten those accolades, folks, at West Virginia. An all-conference player, former all-conference rookie player when he was a true freshman, So Akeem Mesidor steps in, ready to make an impact in the ACC right away. And I love the point that Brad Tejada made, that he's versatile enough. I think he's better on the edge, but he can play interior as well. So if Miami does have needs to maybe scheme up uh, game by game, and if they do have any injuries and they need to plug in holes at certain places, Mesidor is good enough to be elite at multiple different positions on that defensive front. Miami Media Associates replied to that about Mesador and said, also add Caleb Johnson. That's the transfer linebacker from UCLA. And we have a an actual power five middle linebacker for the first time since Shaq Quarterman. You can bank on we will not have the 75th ranked defense and the dead last defense in the ACC this year. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I lean to Mesador, and I'll talk a little bit more about it. I think that's going to be the guy who has the single biggest impact, but I'm not sleeping on Caleb Johnson either, especially considering 
linebacker uh, on the defense linebacker, I think was the biggest need where Miami just needed quality and they needed depth. And Caleb Johnson is a big time addition at a big time area of need. Donald tweeted on which players can have the biggest impact. He said, all of the defensive linemen that were added, all of them, the rotation should wear down opposing opposing offenses. Pretty much the same thing that has been happening to us for years. No substitute for depth, he says. So, yeah, he a little bit of a cop out there, but he's going with all the defensive linemen that were added. So that includes Mesador. That includes Daryl Jackson. That includes Mitchell Agude, who was another guy from UCLA. That's a quality addition as well. Uh, that includes uh, Jake Lichtenstein from UC from USC. That includes Antonio Moultrie from UAB. So I like that. A little bit of a cop-out, but a good answer anyway. VLKV tweeted, With opposing offensive lines focusing on that Maryland transfer giant. He's talking about Jackson. I'd say it opens up even more for Mesador and trickles all the way down to the rotating bodies on our D-line. Mesador seems to come in with the most ceiling combined with experience. Our younger guys will learn a lot. We got a tweet from Y.O. Kane, shortened to the point. He simply said, Mitchell Agude. That was a good move as well. And I mentioned it. Mitchell Agude wants to revive his career from UCLA to Miami the same way that Jalen Phillips did a couple of years ago. But my answer is Mesador. And I thought it was captured perfectly by Brad Tejada and by VLKV. I think Mesador, and VLKV actually, I think, said it really, really well. He comes in with the highest ceiling combined with experience and that our younger guys will learn a lot. I think that's the key here. Like, this young man has already proven he can have big seasons in a big-time conference in the Big 12, uh, and he has a lot of room to grow and learn, and Miami's got an excellent defensive coaching staff now to get that extra gear out of him. So... I would tend to agree. Akeem Mesador is the guy that I'm going with. But again, you've got a lot of quality there from Antonio Moultrie, Jacob Lichtenstein, got a couple of offensive linemen from Oregon, which is key, Jonathan Dennis and Logan Sogopolu. Frank Ladson, I hope, can have an impact at wide receiver. Henry Parrish, I believe, will definitely have an impact at running back. Daryl Porter Jr. at cornerback. Mitchell Agude at defensive end. Akeem Mesador, Caleb Johnson, Daryl Jackson, and the Hurricanes might not even be finished. It is a great time to be a Miami Hurricanes fan. And we got a lot still coming up on this episode, my friends. Now, yesterday's episode, which was really well received, and thank everyone who tuned in. And if you haven't listened to Wednesday's episode yet, if you're a Miami football fan and you see everything going on with name, image, and likeness, Life Wallet, the Ruiz family, you see Florida State fans and other sad individuals bantering Miami. Where's this money coming from? This is a bubble that's going to burst. You want to understand exactly what name, image, and likeness is, how Miami is using it to their advantage, and whether or not they're doing anything wrong. You want to listen to Wednesday's episode. We had a sports attorney on, Dan Lust, who has no affiliation with the University of Miami, by the way. So this guy, he's not some shill who was speaking on Miami's behalf. He was giving us a completely objective, impartial opinion on name, image, and likeness. And I think you guys will really enjoy that interview. So if you haven't yet, 
check out Wednesday's episode because Dan Lust, I think, gave us all the information we could possibly need on NIL. Uh, We have quotes, courtesy of the Miami Herald, from John Ruiz, CEO of LifeWallet, on exactly how NIL, what he's doing for Miami and with Miami, is helping his own business. So we're going to read some of those to you. Also, speaking on these transfers, right, how many wins better? How many more wins is Miami going to get because of the 11 players they've already added in the portal? We'll touch on that as well when we come back. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. I'm on BetOnline every single day. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Major League Baseball season, which is well underway, and yet everything going on with the NFL draft. My friends, there are so many draft props you can be looking at. BetOnline gives you all the data you need. It is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting, which is a game changer, to playoffs, esports, and more. BetOnline, guys, it gives me the information I need to get the edge over the sharps. When you're talking about trends and analytics stuff, quite frankly, I'm just not smart enough to figure out on my own. BetOnline.net arms you with that information. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days starting tonight as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts tonight, Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. And speaking of which, that's a good segue here because we did also get a Twitter question uh, not related to the transfer portal, which is fine. You guys can tweet us day and night, by the way, at Locked On Canes. You ever have questions about our show, comments, questions and comments about Hurricanes football and basketball, fire away. BIX tweeted to us, coming up on Locked on Canes, will you talk about players that might get drafted by the NFL? Um, So just an FYI, any Hurricanes fans watching the first round on Thursday night, don't expect any Hurricanes taken. And the reason why we haven't talked a whole lot of NFL draft on this particular podcast, and this is unfamiliar territory for Miami because... Miami, uh, even when the football team's been a little bit down for the past almost two decades, they've still produced a lot of high-end NFL draft talent. This is not one of those years. Um, I am only expecting when it's all said and done. I think there could be a couple of guys who sneak into the later rounds, but I'm only expecting to see two players drafted Uh in this year's uh, draft for the Miami Hurricanes. And I think they're both going to be drafted on day three, fourth round through seventh round. Bubba Bolden, safety, he's projected to be a fourth round pick. Charleston Rambo projected to be a sixth round pick. I think Rambo, especially given his sure hands and just his football IQ, I think... Two or three years from now, if not a year from now, whichever team drafts him is going to look back in Charleston Rambo and say, wow, this was a steal where we got him. That this was 
a day two guy that we got in day three, right? That you're you're going to kind of redraft 2022 and say, hey, this guy was a fifth or a sixth round pick when he really could have been late second, early third rounder. I think Charleston Rambo is going to turn some heads. Uh, I I think we have a people have a better idea. I think about what Bubba Bolden brings to the table. Projected fourth round pick. I hope he could even go as high as the third round, but I think day three is probably when you're going to see him come off the board, and day three is definitely when you're going to see Charleston Rambo come off the board. And I saw Adam H. Beasley from Pro Football Network saying that, you know, there could be a little bit of buzz for Zach McLeod to get drafted as well. So I hope that happens. And I, I'd like to see Mike Harley drafted too. I, I just, unfortunately, he didn't flash the kind of speed I think that he needed. Going back to all the transfer additions, this was a good question asked by David Lake at Inside the U. Uh, how many wins do you expect in 2022 after the recent transfer portal additions? And he ran a poll have your expectations for the upcoming season changed after the recent transfer portal additions? You can answer yes or no. And the yeses have it. Um, almost 2,000 people voted on this. 85.24% say that your expectations have changed with all the transfer portal additions. 1476 said no. And just looking at this objectively, guys, again, at the players Miami added, Daryl Jackson, Caleb Johnson, Akeem Mesador, Jonathan Dennis, Mitchell Agude, Daryl Porter Jr., Henry Parrish, Frank Ladson, Logan Sagapolu, Jake Lichtenstein, Antonio Moultrie. Uh, not all of these names that I mentioned are surefire starters, but all of them are rotation guys, if not starters. And you've brought in, you know, defense and offense, but you've brought in the equivalent of you know, a new starting unit just with how many guys you brought in with 11. And I think all of these players can contribute. A couple of them, I think, are going to be surefire starters this year, like Caleb Johnson and Akeem Mesador. I'd find it hard to believe that they're not instant starters on this team with a handful of others who could be in play for that. So being real here, how do I not change my expectation? Like, how do I not change my expectation when You've added, and this is even different than recruiting, because if you bring in five-star recruits from high school, they may not all have a gigantic impact the first year, right? But when you're bringing in highly touted transfers, who in some cases have two or three years of experience starting at their previous university, these guys theoretically should be ready to hit the ground running, most of them. So, yeah, my expectation has changed, and I've, I've gone on record recently um, you know, since Miami started to churn so many quality transfers in, uh, I think the Hurricanes are going to be a 10-win team coming up this year. I, I really think so. Obviously, Texas A&M game and the Clemson game will be really, really tough. And even if Miami manages to win one of those games that they're not supposed to win, they may trip and fall against an ACC Coastal opponent. It happens every single year, sometimes multiple times per year. But honestly, before this work in the portal, I would have said Miami probably a nine-win team at best. I'm saying 10 wins with all these transfer additions adding a piece to that pie. So, yeah, I think it's going to have a big-time impact for Miami. Now, when we come back, this is an important follow-up on yesterday's episode when we broke down NIL. 
John Ruiz, CEO of Life Wallet, who is giving out tons of money to student athletes at Miami, and not just football players, by the way, but tons of student athletes are receiving NIL payments through Life Wallet and another one of his businesses, Cigarette Racing. And so I, I think an important question to answer here is how much is this actually benefiting Ruiz's businesses? Because a lot of people are thinking he's just doing a solid for Miami. He's just buying players, probably not really helping him out. Mr. Ruiz says otherwise. He had a great conversation with Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. We'll share some of those quotes with you next. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to do it a little bit differently this Friday. We're going to resume keeping up with a cane next week. We're going to bring on a former Miami Hurricanes player. Friday's episode, it's going to be all about recruiting. We're going to have our good pal John Garcia from Sports Illustrated on to talk about Miami targets for the class of 2023, kind of cleaning up the last-minute mess that's going to be the transfer portal. Because remember, you got the May 1st deadline coming up. Players in the portal, if you don't pick a team by May 1st, you got to sit out a year. So there, there could be a late frenzy here uh, when it comes to transfer portal players. So John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated is going to join us tomorrow. Barry Jackson published a great piece in the Miami Herald on Wednesday evening uh, where he's got quotes from John Ruiz, who's he's become now, uh, he's become the godfather of NIL, not, not just at Miami, but around the country. This guy is setting the tone. So as Barry points out, as of Monday, 61 Canes players had signed agreements to promote Life Wallet, and another seven had contracts with Ruiz to promote cigarette racing, which specializes in custom-made high-performance power boats. Uh, another 48 deals with Hurricanes athletes are pending, so that's 111 and counting. And again, I want to emphasize this. Obviously, the high-profile ones are football and men's basketball, but you've got plenty of other sports, including women's golf, volleyball. You've got athletes you know, all around the University of Miami, male and female, who are signing these NIL deals including the uh, the Cavenders, uh, who just committed to play women's basketball at Miami. Uh, and Ruiz is an equal opportunity benefactor, Barry writes, dishing out deals to everyone from the new star edge rusher, Agude, to the long snapper, Clay James. How much additional money does Ruiz have allocated to spend on Hurricane student-athletes this year? There's a quote from Ruiz, from Ruiz. We set a budget of about $10 million when I started for the year, but we're not stuck at $10 million, he said. Besides the intrinsic joy of helping his alma mater win games, Ruiz maintains the deals are good for business, generating the type of publicity for his companies that would otherwise be unthinkable. And you know what? Like He's not wrong. Now, I'm just one guy. I don't know a whole lot about the medical product space, but prior to all this Miami NIL business, I had never heard of LifeWallet. I had no idea what that was. I had no idea it was in development. And I got to tell you, it's a pretty cool product when it comes to keeping all of your medical records in one place. Uh, Ruiz said, right now, we're getting a huge return for Nigel Pack. He said that was a big uh, transfer commitment to University of Miami basketball. He said, quote, I've almost hit 5 million social media impressions, which is phenomenal. This is a really good investment for the return, he said. Uh, Jackson writes, Ruiz, who has a law degree, wants to make clear that he is meticulously following and abiding by all NCAA rules and Florida laws regarding how college players can benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Quote, I am never going to do anything 
that is going to break a rule, he said. If I do something improper from an NCAA statute, the ones that get hurt are the kids in the school. I've got to be super extra careful, he said. I always take the most conservative approach. We have 30 attorneys here. We provide contracts to UM and we're in contact with their compliance department, he said. So how exactly is the process working? Do UM football and basketball officials feed him names of portal players to pursue? Does he reach out to athletes directly in the portal? Ruiz set the record straight on what he does and what he does not do. And this is really important. He said that UM never calls encouraging him to offer NIL deals to any particular recruits or players in the portal. Ruiz said he and his sons, who both attended UM, and his daughter monitor recruiting and portal news closely on all social media platforms and internally discuss the possibilities so they're prepared. He said nobody from UM has called to thank him, nor is he expecting that, but quote, I know the university is thankful. They are very thankful. I have spoken to athletic director Dan Radikovich because I've run into him. With the coaches on purpose, I try to keep a distance, though I know them all fairly well, he said. UM declined to comment on the record for this story, Barry writes, but a source in the administration said, quote, John is a great supporter and a great businessman, and in this case, his decision to partner with young people to promote his product launch is unique. So um, there you have it from the horse's mouth. He, he says it's benefited his businesses greatly. And I know that the same can be said. You I mean, the guy who was getting a lot of headlines last year before Ruiz started getting them this year was Dan Lambert from American Top Team. Dan Lambert decided to just pay a stipend to every single member of the football team last year. And I thought that it paid him really good dividends as far as his business goes, promoting his MMA gym, which was, of course, very well known within mixed martial arts circles. American Top Team is one of the bigger teams out there, one of the bigger MMA teams. But uh, he helped get word out to the masses. So let's not pretend that NIL is just a tool for universities to buy players. It also does provide a lot of headlines, a lot of press, good or bad, for these products like Life Wallet. And I, listen, as a Miami fan, I am grateful. I am very grateful for what John Ruiz and his sons and daughter are doing here. So remember, tomorrow's episode, we are going to talk recruiting with John Garcia. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.